Hey there, and welcome to Shadow Facts. That's facts as in horse treat-sized pieces of information, a podcast about Lord of the Rings. But only the horse parts. I'm Joey. And I'm Caitlin. And And this this is is our oath. oath. We vow to discuss every horse mentioned or visible in both the Lord of the Rings books and film adaptations, and we do mean every. We vow to rank every horse seen above. We vow to rewrite one of Tolkien's songs per episode to be about horses, live on the pod. And we vow to answer the call of Gondor when the beacon is lit. By which we, of course, mean answer your questions about Lord of the Rings horses to the best of our ability. episode of Shadow Facts. We're taking a break from our regular horse archiving to chat with Molly Knox Ostertag, who you may know from her graphic novel The Witch Boy or her work on Owl House. More recently, Molly has been writing and drawing a really lovely Frodo Sam Thick and having a lot of feelings about Bill the Pony. Molly, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for indulging me. I'm very excited. <laughs> as soon as I saw the, the pun in your podcast name, I was like, it's very good (laughs) yeah that was that was kind of what started it all i mean we were like hey what if we made a podcast about lord of the rings but only the horse parts but then once we came up with the name we were committed oh we have to do this i understand it's honestly like tv writing is a lot like that too when you come up with a good pun you're like i guess we have to engineer everything (laughs) to make this work (laughs) yeah it's like a little little secret of cartoon writing Yeah. yeah. So thank you for having me. Um, I, I, I've been reading, I've been rereading the book. I just went through, I sent you a photo. I put little post-it notes everywhere yes. that I found build a pony mentions. Yes. Our, our yeah. own versions as we read along are just like littered with post-it notes. It's to the point now where I read yeah. any other book that I'm reading. If they see a horse, I instinctively like grab around from my post-it notes to annotate. <laughs> I love it. I mean, and yeah. Tolkien was like, he loves horses, I feel like. I mean, you guys know yeah. this already. I, he, yeah. The descriptions, like, it, he is definitely a horse girl. Like, it's in the book, canonically. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So tell us about your, your Build-A-Pony feelings. So I really, so, like, my biggest love in Lord of the Rings is Samwise Gamgee. He's just, he's, mm-hmm. like, he's my comfort character. If I was, like, a... If I'd been a certain age on Tumblr, I would be like, I'm Samwise Kin, you know, like, I just like, <laughs> right. I just like identify with him so deeply and like, find him so inspirational um, and relatable. And I just, I just love, I just love that Hobbit. Um, and I love his relationship with Frodo. It's really like beautiful and romantic to me. Um, so yeah, I just like, I just like that at like partway through the book, Sam is like, I guess we have to adopt a pony. I'm going to care for this pony now. I'm going to fix it up. I, I didn't realize yeah. until reading it this time that like they adopt the pony from a man named Bill, who's evil. Yeah. And then and that's how they, without addressing name. it, Sam is just like, the pony is named Bill now. Like, we, yeah. need, a, we need to redeem this name. Like, it's this never is, called This is in new, better Bill. <laughs> I love it. He's like, I really have fixed. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to like, like, just completely erase Bill Fernie from history. It's Bill the Pony from mm-hmm. now on. Um, mm-hmm. It's very cute. But I think um, recently, like, I watch Lord of the Rings every summer. I watch the movies. And this year, this summer obviously has been, like, crazy. So it's, like, the feelings are bigger than usual. Um, but what hits me every year is, like, as recently in the last couple years, is that these are movies about, and books about, like, this world in decline. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone that we meet, all of these epic heroes, everything is kind of, like, coming to an end. Like, the elves are ending. Minas Tirith used to be glorious. Now it's not. Like, on the horse note, like, Theoden is like, oh, Shadowfax is the last great horse. There's never going to be another horse like Shadowfax. Like, everything is winding down in this way that feels like you understand that Tolkien wrote the books during wartime. And, like, it kind of feels very relatable right now. And what I love about Sam and, like, Hobbits in general is that... 
they're the only ones who are not like like Sam especially is this like generative force who's like like caring for things and making things grow and healing things and there's no one else in the story really doing that um and so that's like that's like my big feelings about like Bill is that he takes this like like measly sad pony and heals him up and like it's just like everywhere Sam goes and everything Sam interacts with like gets better and becomes more whole and like he's the one who like like keeps Frodo on the quest and like saves Frodo and like like really makes it happen and I just like in a story that is so much about like last stands and like people just like like going into the west gracefully or dying victoriously on the battlefield Sam is the one who's like no we're going to live we're going to flourish um like we're going to heal from our wounds and it's I find it very very relatable yeah so that's my book report on build a pony <laughs> that's why yeah. I love it absolutely I I don't know like I didn't pay a lot of attention to Sam when I was younger I don't honestly I don't think I paid a lot of attention to most of the characters like I care like about everything that made the books good yeah and, <laughs> yeah and like elves in general um and now I'm like oh there's so much here there's like so much characterization and and Sam is an incredible character and also when I read these books when I was younger I had very little awareness of my own queerness or anybody else's and so I was like totally oblivious mm-hmm. to like any of that um and it's been really exciting to like revisit the books and yeah. movies now with yeah I feel my like Sam gay was eyes like... fully open <laughs> yeah he was like a little bit of an embarrassing character for me I don't know why he's just he's always crying and blushing and like being kind of like he's a very earnest boy (laughs) yeah he's so earnest he wears his heart on his sleeve in a way that I was very embarrassed by in a way that I look back now and I'm like a lot of characters where I'm like oh that was sort of like a gay thing like that I was like I'm embarrassed by this character I can't I can't look at them too closely um so it's been yeah it's been like I feel like I, I I loved the books and the movies I was like a teen when they were coming out like a young or like more like a preteen when the movies were coming out so it was like really big for me um and then I kind of put them aside because they were so nerdy and I was trying to be a cool teen and like like not engage with that stuff and then sort of when Mm -hmm. I like like with my wife like we like realizing that like they are really into these movies too like we started watching them together and it sort of brought back all the feelings and then coming to it as an adult and as a gay adult I was like oh Sam and Frodo, that is like the the heart of the story in a way that I never quite recognized when I was a kid. Yeah, we we have talked a lot about how powerful, how like um in the books, a lot of the like intentional canonical romances come across really um flat and uninteresting, but that he's actually a really compelling romance writer when he's not intending to be. Like so much of mm-hmm. Frodo and Sam and Legolas and Gimli, like there mm-hmm. there's moments of like humanity and characterization are like so strong on the page that it's wild to think that anyone could read them and not be like yeah those are those are two people in love right there yeah well and I love it too because it's like it's I I read it as being in love and I also like whenever I like like post too much about this stuff there's always people who are like oh I really it really speaks to me as a platonic friendship and I think that's valid too like I love Mm -hmm. it's this romance and this like level of emotional vulnerability and like um connection with your emotions that you so rarely see male characters get to have which I think is like I feel like there's just it's there's a reason why like those those books and movies like resonate beyond just like the typical like like boy nerd group like there's a reason why more of us are really compelled by them because it is these like they're technically male characters but they have this emotion that we like never see in anything else absolutely and I mean I don't know like we talked about like when Boromir is dying and Aragorn has like those moments with him. um, Yeah. Like they're incredibly tender. And also like, I'm so struck by like how well-rounded Aragorn is as a character in the books. And I feel like we lose the humorous side of him a lot in the movie. Yeah. Um, We, we get like just sad, sad boy Aragorn, but in the, in the books, like, He's writing songs with Bilbo. He's yeah. cracking jokes. He's like, well, I didn't tell you that's who I was because I wanted you to just be my friend because you thought I was cool. It's really you know, like, it's, it, That's like one of my favorite moments from him. Um, yeah, I was just reading the part where they're like, they show up in um, Isengard after the Battle of Helm's Deep and like Gandalf and Theoden go off to deal with Saruman and like Aragorn's like, 
I'm going to let them deal with this. Like, are you guys smoking? Like, I'm going to hang out here. What's the gossip? It's yeah. really cute that he's like, he's like, they're literally, I think he's a lion where he's like, let's let the great ones deal with their business. And like mm-hmm. me and Gimli and Legolas will stay here and hang out with Merry and Pippin. And I'm just like, I love that he does not count himself as one of these great kings yet. He's like, I just want to yeah. hang out with my friends. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting thing. It kind of does throughout, like, you know, we are talking about like reading our experiences, reading Lord of the Rings as younger people versus like reading them much more like deeply and intentionally now and I feel like so much of what I loved about it when I was younger was kind of like the big scale like quote-unquote epic stuff yeah like you said like the last stands and the glorious deaths in battle and that Mm -hmm. stuff is definitely there like that big operatic stuff is there but the beating heart of the story and the majority of it is actually like these moments of characterization of like um of like people explaining their like homes and their cultures to each other and like you really see their relationships like materially develop under really trying Mm -hmm. circumstances and it's it's really beautiful yeah it's like the, the grace of of coming together and like having love and having humor in these incredibly difficult times so like yeah, the grace of Mary and Pippin just like sitting and enjoying a meal while there's yeah. these earth shattering things happening around them. And they're kind of like, but we just want to sit and have a meal with our friends and have a little conversation. Like it's so, yeah, it's something that you don't appreciate as a kid. And the older you get and the more you realize how complicated the world is and how scary it is and how precious those things are. Like that, is, like you realize that that is like where the real heart of the book is. Um, I was yeah. cracking up because I, I forgot how short the Battle of Helm's Deep is in the books. It's like a page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, just like... half the movie. Boom and done. I, and it's really good in the movie. Like, I love I love that. I, it's a great battle scene, but it's so funny that Tolkien is just like, yeah, I was in war. I don't want to write about it. It's not fun. I want to write about the part afterwards where you're riding on a horse with your buddy and he's shit talking caves and like you're shit talking forests and you're bickering, but you love each other. Like it's so nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, have you guys like discussed build a pony already? Like, have you sort of covered? We have. Um, yeah, we actually, we did a deep dive on the horse actors who play build the pony. Also oh, cute. because there are two. Okay. Um, one is a pony named Rastus and he is used for all of the, like anytime there are big people, full size oh, people yeah. next to him with close ups, that's yeah. Rastus, the little horse, and then there's Shane, who is um who's used next to the Hobbit actors to look mm-hmm. yeah. bigger. Cute. Um, there's also cute. A, a cursed that. a cursed third bill, which oh. is two people in a bill suit. Which yes. once you see it, you you can't have, unsee it. I have heard this. That's when they're on Karadras, Car- right? Like yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's incredibly brief, but like it's kind of open around them and they're on these rocks and the birds come like a couple minutes later and you see like bill's hindquarters in the background and it looks so lumpy and like carpet like and yeah bill is a very inconvenient yeah fake fur (laughs) for the movie you can tell that they were like we have to get rid of this pony this is very inconvenient (laughs) (laughs) to like track the pony at all times right well and in that scene Ian McKellen has a production blog called The Grey Book. I don't know mm-hmm. if you oh, crossed it's this. It's so wholesome. Okay. W- absolutely would recommend. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but he yeah. like, writes about those horses a little bit and sa- cool. and, and explains um, Panto Bill, Pantomime Bill, and says that they had to like fly to that filming location in a helicopter mm-hmm. and they couldn't take either horse on a helicopter. Okay. <laughs> so they had to use the fake one. Which is funny because I have never even noticed that there's a horse in that scene. And I was always like, oh, they just didn't have the horse. And that's like a continuity error. So I love that wow. they both went out of their way to do it. They did it poorly. And then it, it did not even make an impression. Right. And then it's still a continuity error because when they all hide under the rocks, Bill is just nowhere to be Bill seen. is just gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah that's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> well, they yeah. got out of the horse suit. They folded it up. And right. Yeah. If, you, if you pause very closely, you can see <laughs> under the rock with Frodo and Sam, you'll see a few hooves, like, very carefully jammed. Bill, like, Sam would not leave Bill behind no. under those circumstances. I don't believe it. Oh, my God. Okay, so the so the part of the book that really got me, um, that I just, it's been so nice rereading the book because I haven't read it since I was 14, so it's been, yeah. like, 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, when they have to leave Bill the Pony and... Like, wait, I think I have it, actually. Oh, yeah, I, look, so I cried during that part. It's intense. I know. He's like, he's like, because Frodo gets grabbed by the monster outside Moria. Uh-huh. 
And then Sam like like chooses to go with Frodo instead, weeping and cursing. And he's like, oh, poor yes. old Bill, poor old Bill. The snakes are too much for him. I had to choose Mr. Frodo. I had to come with you. And it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's such a moment because he's Sam. feeling like torn. And it then is. the thing happens and he just like does, you know, he, mm-hmm. he follows Frodo. And he has that choice so many times. And it's, it's not the first time he makes it, but it's one of the big ones. There's actually... Sorry, you can tell I'm such a nerd because I'm like I have to quote from these things. We listen um, to that it all is literally the, time. the premise of our podcast. <laughs> okay, good. At home. Yeah, so it's when they're leaving Rivendell, they get setting out on the quest for the first time, and Sam is like insists on bringing Bill with them, and if, this is where we learn that he's named Bill, which is just never right. explained. Um, and then he's like, the animal can nearly talk and would talk if he stayed here longer. He gave me a look as plain as Mister Pippin could speak it. If you don't let me go with you, Sam, I'll follow on my own. And I just, like, that's Sam. Like, that's Sam talking about himself. He's not talking yeah. about the, yeah. he is He is heavily projecting onto this animal. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love I, it. <laughs> I, I do love the ways they, like, reflect each other. Like, you mm-hmm. were talking about Sam. Like, the thing that sets Sam apart is, like, Sam is this character who, in a way that none of the others do, like, the heart of his character is about caring for and nurturing yeah. um, the people around him. And, like, and you see that important bit of characterization reflected in Bill. Like, mm-hmm. when you know sam starts looking after bill and goes with the party it's not just like bill was a sad like underfed pony when he belonged to bill fernie like he those things change but it's also that like bill starts looking after his writers like there's a specific quote where he's like yeah like bill like bill picked the best footing to make it easier upon his writers and i i love that yeah um, oh yeah when frodo is injured and like is being carried Yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah it's really good it's just like there's this theme in the book of loyalty that is like I, I'm I'm exploring it in my so I'm like writing my fan fiction. It's like a full retelling of Lord right. of the Rings from Sam's perspective, where he and Frodo like get together in Rivendell and they're together the whole the whole story, um, like romantically. Um, but it's just this this like idea of loyalty and devotion is so interesting to me because it's it both kind of like goes against a lot of like ways that we look at healthy relationships now where it's like you should always put yourself first and I think that that's true in a lot of ways but there's something so romantic and compelling to me about just like well if you're going I'm gonna follow you like that's just set in stone like it doesn't there's nothing you can do to change my mind and I love that we see that theme like like so early in the books like when he's talking about Bill because Sam is like I I recognize what it's like to want to go with someone no matter what yeah yeah Love, love it <laughs> so much yeah so many feelings about all of them <laughs> i know I we were know. just talking about the the most the most hurtful parts of your fic before we got on. oh <laughs> did you read did i've read yeah. most of it um okay. i there's a lot there's a lot of it it's, yeah it's, i had gotten caught long. up like a couple weeks ago and then um haven't i've read some of the chapters you've published since then but not Thanks. I'm, um, I'm flattered. Not all of them. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very, it's, it's definitely the most, um, like vulnerable thing that I have put out there, but I'm just, yeah, it's, it's yeah. quarantine and I'm like, like missing human connections. Absolutely. You're living your, I mean, sa- you're, you're living your Sam life. You're being vulnerable. It's, it's good. I've resonated with, with lots of things in it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's been really good to like, I mean, it's been interesting because I've been doing such a like deep read of the book and then it's fun to like have that as like an additional, um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, That's what I really wanted it to be. I mean, I'm doing it from movie canon, but I'm, um, trying to like bring in as much book like ephemera as I can. mm -hmm. Um, and just to me, like when I watch the movies as like, a gay person I'm just like I see the story I know exactly what they're doing like I don't I literally don't need anything from the movies to change I just Mm -hmm. needed to like explain what was going on behind the scenes yeah like and it's it's actually funny because I'm like at the point of the rewrite where I'm in Return of the King and I'm just like all of these scenes are golden like I don't need to (laughs) I kind (laughs) of like I don't need to like add anything like they're so romantic and so tragic um and I just yeah I just want to like tell them from inside Sam's head and like see his evolution from being like a servant and obeying Frodo and like being like his whole world is wrapped up in Frodo to like so the chapter I just I actually just posted it today is like the scene where Frodo tells him to go home 
and Sam mm-hmm. does and then he like turns around and it's to me that's so crucial because it's like the first time that he actually disobeys Frodo and like yeah. actually is like you legit you specifically told me and I am like you are my like like master in all of these ways and like I listen to you but like I am choosing I am deciding that you are wrong and I am right I'm going to follow you and it's like there's something really cool about that to me yeah I just yeah. I just love Absolutely. Sam <laughs> Yeah. Do you think, like, wor- working on this long fic, has it um, changed or, like, clarified your understanding of the books or, like, what it means to you at all? Because it's a totally different thing to read it and look for themes like we're doing, mm-hmm. you know, kind of this deep dive, and then to, like, create another thing from it or alongside it. Yeah, it's actually so... I've never written fanfiction before. I've never really been a part of fandom. I feel like I us- I'm usually, like, like, I'm just... I just don't want to, like talk to other people about it like I just want to have it in my head kind of um because I'm just very precious about it like it has to be exactly right um but yeah like digging into the book so it's both like I'm I'm realizing a lot of Peter Jackson's like decisions and like the screenwriter's decisions with the movie of just like Mm -hmm. here's here's why you had them go here and there here's why you combine these scenes like it's really cool to just go through on a map and be like why did they like go down the river? Why did they like, like, where were they going? And to look at the map and be like, oh, it is actually all laid out. Like, Mm -hmm. it just feels like it's such a well-rounded world. And it's so fleshed out that like, going into it feels more like doing like historical work than it feels like writing fan fiction, which is kind of funny. Like, it just feels like you're truly delving into something that really happens. Um, So yeah, that's, that's really cool. And then like, going and reading the book and finding all these themes that I've been thinking for a while and like just been watching the movies and holding them in my heart and then now I'm writing them down and then going to the book and realizing that those themes are there in the book too is like really emotional it's actually like really it's just making me really happy and feeling very um I don't know I've never felt this way about an author before where it's just like he is from the past and I'm sure we wouldn't agree on lots of things these days but like Mm -hmm. there's something of like this man who went through a very hard and chaotic time in the world and like turned his feelings into this giant fantasy world and this like immersive story and to feel like you can still connect to that to me is like it's so beautiful and emotional I think yeah yeah I've been really struck by and not in like a reductive like oh good versus evil way Mm -hmm. but in, in reading this story about you know this kind of um simplified good versus evil like how many of these things like really resonate with how we're feeling in 2020 Mm -hmm. like the thing that we keep talking about and that Tolkien himself keeps returning to is this difference between like between like despair and folly and about being able to feel like you don't necessarily um have hope and that 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 doesn't mean that you can't keep working to improve your situation and the situation of people around you even though it feels impossible and how important and and worthwhile that is which like god that's that's 2020 put a fucking sticker on it like (laughs) i know yeah and it's so i mean it's it's really interesting like because like Lord of the Rings has, like, you know, it, it was the first of its kind. It's the first of this genre. It spawned so much stuff. It spawned Dungeons and Dragons, so many video games, so many books and movies. And I feel like people just don't take away the heart of it. Like, they take away the trappings. Um, yeah. And it's just, like, to me, like, the, the, the central point of their, pl- of their quest is so heroic and so radical, which is that they have the most powerful weapon in the world, and all they want to do is destroy it. They do yeah. not want to use it they just want to destroy it. They just like, and they know that when they destroy it, it's going to probably mean that the world is going to end for a lot of people. Like they know that that is going to be like the end of the age of the elves, the end of the age of the dwarves, like Mm -hmm. a bunch of change is going to happen. And it's just like that, that being the central quest to me is so, um, like he sort of actually says, he has a foreword where he talks about like how this book is not an allegory for the war because he's like, if we had something like the One Ring and the War, no one would be trying to destroy it. They'd be trying to use it. Like, so it's already fantasy, just yeah. that concept. And like that to me of just like taking taking something that could be great power, but also is destructive and like recognizing that you have to like destroy it in order to like begin a better world is like, like shit, it's so good. Yeah. It's yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it feels very radical for like a really radical concept still, and I feel like people yeah. do not really take that away from the book very often. Like they just take away like the cool battles and like mm-hmm. like orcs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it has been interesting for me, like 
watching these movies with Joey because I grew up like seeing the movies in theaters and like mm-hmm. watching them once a year every year yeah. and like every sick day I ever had growing up so these movies are like very near and dear to me and watching them with Joey who didn't watch them as much yeah, growing I, up I and, watched them but and, I have in a not good way rewatched them the way Caitlin has <laughs> We, yeah. we affectionately refer to them as the Peter Jackson complainer yeah. um, for, um, you know, p- pointing out some of the, like, I- the issues of adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. And it feels like, yeah, like you're talking about, like, people sometimes take the wrong things away. Like, they, they take the trappings and, and not the meaning. And I think, in general, the movies do such a good job, like, humanizing the stories. And, like, in almost every place that it doesn't, it's because they choose, like, the spectacle of the story mm-hmm. over the humanity of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I really, and I really, I think they're really good adaptations. I think they, yeah, they do it very well. Because it's, I mean, I think that that also, like, that has, ha- that happened before the movies, too. Like, like, Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. I feel like, which I love as a system, but, like, I feel like it took, it took something very specific from Lord of the Rings that was, like, not... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the fantasy genre took, took like, yeah, the fun, the idea of, like, different fantasy races, which is, like, tricky in and of itself, mm-hmm. and, like, the idea of deeply, it being, deeply yeah. compromised, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. It, that's, like, definitely been the, um, like, most complicated thing to, like, work through as I'm reading it, because I'm like, yeah, I just don't, do not like this. Yeah. And absolutely. would never yeah. put this in a story of my own. Yeah. Um, this is this is like a huge, really complicated question. So feel free to like, you know, hard pass. But we, we were just talking about like, we both care about fantasy a lot, but it mm-hmm. feels like in some ways, the genre is broken, um, like specifically about like fantasy races and about like the amount of violence, like, and we yeah. were talking about try, kind of trying to like muddle through of like, how do you how do you tell fantasy stories in a way that like fully recognize the humanity and like personhood of everyone involved like Mm -hmm. how do you have fantasy without evil fantasy races yeah I mean I think it's important and I think it yeah it feels very um passe to me at this point like whenever something has like an evil race in it like that's just like very a very like incorrect thing to do and it's it's like I I think I I cope with it in Lord of the Rings by sort of in like interpreting it more as a metaphor but it still is like not not great um but yeah you know it's funny I um when I was a kid I went to a live action role-playing summer camp because I'm very cool Mm -hmm. um where we would like LARP we were teens we would LARP out fantasy stories um it was really it was like really cool but the thing about LARPing is that like if you're if you have a story with a bunch of evil goblins in it you still have people playing the goblins. And so if you're the person playing the goblin, you're like, well, what's my backstory as a goblin? Like, what's my name? Mm-hmm. What's my desire? Like, <laughs> what's right. my greatest trauma? And like, even if your character literally only exists to be goblin number four and like get killed a bunch of times, you still kind of are embodying that character. And so to me, like as a as a writer, that's something I always, I'm always like, I'm never going to have a straw man character like there's never going to be the character who just represents like who just who isn't a full person um because I just it's like it's not it's not true it's boring it's not the kind of storytelling I'm interested in um so yeah I think it's like I would love to see like I don't even know I don't know how you would do Lord of the Rings like yeah dealing with that because it feels like it this is the rock we were like running into thinking and talking about it and and my sister and I were talking about it the other day and and talking about like moving toward like well this is one of one of the the peter jackson moments that i felt the most like uh conflicted about but Theoden um has sort of given into like fear and manipulation and stuff right in the movie mm-hmm. he's like literally like possessed by saruman yeah and i think yeah you lose a lot of the like the power of that that scene in the book actually because i agree with you i forgot that he wasn't yeah, like under a spell no he wasn't he had just, I just been read like it in the listening book. to grima and and yeah. like believe and becoming you know xenophobic and like all of this stuff um which mm-hmm. felt incredibly relevant um yeah, yeah. and and i think it, like if i were going to make a lord of the rings adaptation i would go much more that direction with like any people who are working with or allied with Sauron um, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, they have fears about the world ending, etc. Sauron is offering them, you know, protection, stability, etc. And that it's much more, 
there's corruption that happens, but it is happening within the lifetime of a person, not before they were born and therefore they are born yeah. evil, you know? Um, it's really interesting because I think it, I do think that fantasy is a genre. It's a little bit built on metaphor. So it's a yeah. little bit built on the metaphor that you are fighting against the embodiment of evil. Right. And that is a reason why we find it very inspiring to be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you could just like, if you had a magic sword and you could hit the embodiment of evil with it yeah. and like solve a problem. Like that is a incredible wish fulfillment that is not true in mm -hmm. any way. And so I think fantasy yeah. is really interesting because it, it just is the question of like, are you doing an allegory to the real world? Are you doing a form of wish fulfillment? Like, I yeah. think there's room for both, but I think that like, like, I think that like we definitely have moved past like certain tropes that are in Lord of the Rings, like in contemporary fantasy. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. I want to bring us back to horses for just a, a moment. Please. Please. <laughs> a constant theme of our podcast. Also. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about several Bill moments and I just wanted to know if you had any like favorite Bill moments that you, that we haven't mentioned. And if you have any other like shout outs to horse moments that you've encountered oh, shit. should have thought of other horses <laughs> no it's okay i well Just, i love when you know. i love i love gimli's like constant dislike of horses yeah. i love that gimli <laughs> yeah. he's like there's like a line where he's like getting they go to rohan theoden's like you can like have a, your pick of the treasury you can get like some armor and stuff mm -hmm. and gimli's yeah, like about this. okay yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, I'm going to get a shield with a horse on it, but just FYI, I do not like horses. Yeah. I would rather have yeah. it on my shield. I yeah. I do not. And Thaden's like, you, I, horses are my whole thing. Like, I don't know why you're telling me this. It's so good. This it's is so, so rude. I would, I would rather bear a horse than be born by yeah. one. I know. He's such a, I, I, Gimli's so fucking funny in the books. I, he, he really is. And in like a very different way than um movie Gimli like I yeah forgot. Tolkien is so good at like zingers and I feel like in the book yeah. like Gimli Sam and Aragorn get his best zingers and that does not come through in the film he is actually so funny and he's funny in like little underhanded ways mm -hmm. too where it'll just be yeah just he's a little thing in the description yeah it's like yeah. a lot of kind of like petty bitch humor that I love and it's I'm so, so good we, oh happy. My God. we talk about Aragorn is so dramatic. Like, yeah. he, like, he's got all the zingy one-laners. Like, a teen, he's always, like, dramatically flinging himself down on surfaces. Like, to, like, listen to the ground or just, like, flinging himself mm -hmm. down to sleep. It's so good. He's always flinging himself. Yeah. He's also, yeah. like, Aragorn is, like, one of the top canonical horse girls, which is a thing of interest <laughs> to us. Like, that man loves horses, yeah. which we appreciate on our horse podcast. Yeah. He does. I. It's a very good scene in the movie where he sees a horse and is just like, I'm gonna go murmur to this yeah. horse. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna, trust me, I got this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like, the Bill moment that I like is just when they take Bill away from the other Bill, Bill mm -hmm. Fernie, who owns mm -hmm. him. And he calls Sam Sammy and he says, don't go treating my poor pony badly. And Sam throws an apple at him and hits him it's right on the so nose. so amazing. And then he's like, fuck, I wasted a good apple, which I just, I think that's like a great, I just think it's great. Yeah, it <laughs> I just love, Sam, Sam is so like, well. yeah, he's so, um, I don't know. It's just like, you just, you just don't see this kind of character a lot where it is a like truly humble character who truly is simple and kind of bumbling but also very competent and like, like, but so he has like absolutely no ego. And it's just like, it's, it, it's very aspirational and it's very um, like, like lovely, I think, to have a character celebrated like that. I just, I sort of live, the thing that kills me the most in the books is just the little moments when Frodo appreciates Sam, like yeah. when Sam will like recite a poem and then they're like, who wrote that? And Frodo's like, he wrote it. Of course he wrote it. Like, he's great at writing poems. Yeah. Like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Every, every like, instance of, like, of, yeah, of, of Sam, like, reciting his own pro poetry. Or, like, I think about, like, Frodo, the scene in the book of um, after Gandalf has died and Frodo is kind of, like, eulogizing him with a song. And Sam, like, busts in with his own verse. It's just, like, I can't, I can't handle this. Fucks <sighs> me up. It's so good. It's just, yeah, it's like he's, there's so much, and that's accurate. So that's sort of like going back to what we were saying. There's these ideas of like good and evil and like corruption and purity that are very baked into the book. But I think I do love Sam because I feel like he's a little bit outside of all of it. 
like there's this almost like scale of like good good to evil where like elves are on one side orcs are on the other Mm -hmm. and it like you see it in their descriptions you see it in the way they're talked about and sam is just he is the farthest thing from an elf but he is also the farthest thing from an orc and it's like he kind of i think to me in the story he is like the future like he this this old world that is built on these like intense dynamics of good and evil is getting set aside and like the characters know that like Galadriel knows that mm-hmm. um Theoden and like Gandalf and Elrond like everyone can see that this this end is coming but none of them can really see what the future holds and like Sam is the only person who really holds the future which is like just like simpleness and kindness and like devoting yourself to people um wow I find yeah I love I love <laughs> I love that, like, interpretation of mutual care and, like, Sam is the future. Especially, like, uh, this a scene that um, hit me with big emotions in a way I wasn't expecting was Galadriel's gift to Sam when they're leaving, um, when they're mm-hmm. leaving the forest. Mm-hmm. And she gives him a box of dirt so that be- be- it's, like, a promise that, like, yeah. you in the future, um, y- your your purpose is to live past this and to, like, continue and nurture and grow. Yeah. That he is a, a gardener, like that is his his core yeah. trait, and that means bringing things to life and making things grow and like nourish nourishment. And it's just yeah. like it's so it's just so interesting because Lord of the Rings sparked this entire genre that is built on heroes. Like so, at my LARP camp, like every time we had like an eleven year old kid who would come in and they got to make up their own character, they always wanted to be called Aragorn. They always wanted to be a badass. Like <laughs> yeah. that is the character. Like that, and that is like what people take away. They're like like so cool we're going to make fantasy stories about this group of people and the main character will be this like tall badass with a mysterious past and it's just so funny to read the book and be like that was never the intention like he is not the protagonist Frodo is not even the protagonist Sam really is or I think Frodo maybe is the protagonist but Sam is like where the moral compass of the story points to and it's like that's the thing that you don't that does not get taken like that people don't take away when they translate this genre into other other things. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of feelings about fantasy. <laughs> yeah. So Obviously. much yeah, it, it it's been yeah. it's been fun to cuz Lord of the Rings has been like important to me my entire life. Like there was never yeah. a point where I was like too cool for Lord of the Rings even if I like kind of wished I <laughs> yeah. was. Yeah. But it it's been really fun to like revisit this thing which um like kind of unashamedly like be like yes there is stuff of merit in here like we we can look for it and we can explain it um and like there there is no there is no shame for being like vulnerable about like yes i i like unironically care about this thing yeah yeah i mean it's just like i'm going to get so i'm going to get like artsy right now but it's like that yes. is the, the point of telling stories is to connect is to share parts of your heart and parts of your mind and it's like i feel like it is actually it's so interesting because it's like, it seems like the most academic thing ever. It is like, dude invented 21 languages for this world. Like he ha- he wrote the Bible for the world. Like there's appendices. It's so much like, I totally understand whenever people say it's too dense to get into. The books are filled with songs and landscape descriptions. Like, but to me, there is this like vulnerable core of it where, and maybe it is especially reading it at this time and in a time when things feel really tumultuous that I'm just like, I feel like I can see this person who wrote this at, so clearly and like connect and like I get what he is was trying to say with his story um and that is like really cool I think yeah that's like the reason yeah. to, t- to make stories absolutely yeah mm. yeah um who are your, your guys's favorite characters oh <laughs> do you have them yeah who's your like who's your comfort character it's so hard it's so hard that's like that was a very different like I feel like even like two months ago before we really started doing this I would have answered differently than I feel now just like I it really has this reading it this time around has just like struck me so differently Sam is definitely up there for me um you gotta you gotta love the classics like Aragorn (laughs) and Gandalf um Mm -hmm. Gandalf is also like such a such a bitch in the book. I love yeah. it. Oh my he's god! So his, his letter, his letter about the barman, the barman who like like the letter that yeah. he forgot to deliver, and he like includes his diss track like in the postscript. It's it's, it's very good. It's so um, funny. Yeah, definitely. We just in the books have really started um, encountering Eowyn, who I've always loved, but this mm-hmm. time around, especially, I'm just like, 
the way the book describes her is incredible. Yeah. I I wish, I feel like she got did a little dirty by the movie. Like, yeah. I wish, I don't know There's how. There's our way. Yeah. She doesn't get too. enough space. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Eowyn, like, was absolutely my favorite character as a teenager. And I, the jury is still out on that now because, like, mm-hmm. we're working through it. And so we'll see how I feel by the end of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. I do. I'm so much more aware of sort of like the tragedy that she is like living when she first shows up in the story, and like those lines about her just like being left behind in Eros yeah. uh, are like haunting. Did they leave her. Like, was anyone else there, or did I couldn't figure I... that out in the book? Like, did they just leave her alone? I think like the women and children were still there at that point because the people in... of the town, and then the like Rohira. Yeah, because right in the book they don't all leave together. Um, oh, okay, they're not yeah. like they don't like take refuge in Helmsteep right away. Um, so she's okay. the only like person in charge left, and everyone else is like the people who aren't fighters. Yeah. Okay. But, that makes sense. Yeah. That that definitely like there's a lot of edits in the movie, yeah. which is the version yeah. that I know a lot better. Um, which I kind of I like I like I like the movie version a lot of like how Theoden is this really um, he's just yeah. very wrong, <laughs> and <laughs> you get it, but he's also very wrong. And in the book, he's a little bit more yeah. heroic. Um, but yeah, yeah, her being left behind and just like she feels so sad. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. so just she's like, like she's lonely in a way that we don't yeah. see a lot yeah. of other people Absolutely. be. Yeah, I mean, there's like no women <laughs> right. in Middle Earth, so I get it. I, yeah, <laughs> I feel so bad for her. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. As far as favorite characters go, though, I, the other, um, I mean, you're rapidly winning me over to Sam. I mean, the book in general is, but like, I'm <laughs> your fic is also like making me really like zero in on that um oh uh, yeah but especially early on like I was so struck by Mary and Pippin in the book and like like Mary is like they're so grown up very like <laughs> mature and like capable and handles all of this stuff and then like them as a friend group yeah function in this way you know where yes. like when Frodo is like actually I'm leaving and they're like yo we know we've known <laughs> Yeah. Because we know you, because we're your friend, yeah. and, and they've like, just like been you. making yeah. this plan Ugh, to really go with good. him and handle it. Um, and I think maybe I they're funny and charming and everything, but you lose that like concerted like group friend effort um, that is in the book. Yeah, this feeling of like, yeah, like we're hobbits. We we're the only sensible folk here. Like everyone else, we don't we don't know what's going on with them. Like they're all caught up in ideas about glory, and like we're the only people who know. Like here's how many meals you have to eat a day, and so like <laughs> that's one of the things yeah. that I've yeah that I've really been liking about your fic is so much of the <laughs> like the like authorial emphasis is on the domestic moments like yeah like cook like cooking and preparing food and like figuring out how we're gonna prepare food and get the stuff for it because that's like what I want more of yeah. from the original text. Yeah, well, and it's, it's. I mean, it's sort of textual that that is what hobbits care about. There's, like, a really great line from Gandalf that he's, like, I forget exactly what it is, but he's, like, hobbits will sit on the edge of ruin and discuss the doings of their great-grandfathers or something. Like, they'll just, like, if you get them started talking, they'll talk about the most trivial bullshit, like, when the most big things are happening around them. And I, and there's also a part where, like, after Merry and Pippin are, like, kidnapped by orcs and they're it's like really traumatic yeah. and they're sort of tortured and like horrible stuff happens yeah. to them and then they escape yeah. through being so very clever. clever again like so clever and good and i know and then they escape and then they're just like well let's just chat about some things and eat a little meal like and it's just yeah. like this yeah. is how hobbits cope with yeah. trauma <laughs> and it's yeah um, right. except for frodo who has anxiety <laughs> yeah um, i yeah. just sir please um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, especially, especially, yeah, all of that resonates, and I feel like all of that resonates now, especially, like, when people kind of across the board, I think, are leaning into, like, their more hobbity tendencies yeah, as a way to yeah. cope with the stress of the world. Like, I like you know, who isn't right now, like, learning how to bake bread mm-hmm. and gardening and stuff? Yeah. I'm also yeah. struck just now, like, thinking about this, uh, I don't know, like, the way 
hobbits in general and especially Sam and like putting a focus on him also mirrors issues of like it's it's all of the kind of labor that you know women have often done that's been invisible right and all and Sam does all of that like makes sure that people are fed and taken care of and um yeah I don't know and it feels important to actually like put that really in the spotlight yeah. um yeah the, uh, especially the way... as contrasted with like the big quest the important thing <laughs> yeah it's like i don't like i hesitate to say that they are like explicitly like coded as women because it's like they could have just been girl they could have just been hobbit girls yeah but they're and they're not but there's something in the in the way that hobbits are treated and the way that like the way that they're shot in the movies and the way that they're written about in the story that feels like very like not even feminine exactly, but like as a woman, I connect to it and I relate to it. And I like, it's this celebration of like, I don't know, like, like to be personal, like um, I, I love to cook and I love to like, I'm a very like caretaking person. I love to take care of people. I like to like clean my house and garden and things. And I always used to like think that that stuff was stupid um, and girly. And like, especially when I was like um, in relationships with men, I was like, I was like, I'm not going to cook for you. I'm not going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then like, sort of like realizing I was gay and like being with like uh, someone who's not a man was just like, oh, I can embrace these things. And actually they can be just as valid and just as exciting and, and cool and good. Like it's just as cool to be good at cooking as it is to be good at like fucking video yeah. games or whatever. <laughs> um, and so yeah. it's like that, like, I think that was like a really big reason why I resonated with Sam was just like to see these attributes that are so humble and we're so used to seeing as like being domestic and boring and like meaning that you don't get to go on an adventure, like to be like, actually, these are the attributes that make you the hero of the story is, is, is yeah. really cool. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm sort of like hesitant to like learn I'm, I'm i'm keeping my love of lord of the rings to the fiction right now i'm hesitant to learn about tolkien because i'm like i don't know if he was a jerk to his wife i don't know like i'm just afraid yeah. to learn like did he do the dishes i don't know <laughs> yeah 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 this yeah it's a thing that we've talked about a lot yeah it's it's really interesting um and i think it's like yeah i, I think i'm both like glad with some of my favorite authors, like, I'm glad that they're not, like, alive now. Because I'm, like, I'm just glad yeah, that you're I'm, not I'm on Twitter. I'm glad my, I, <laughs> yeah. that's 100% it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like we, yeah, like, Douglas Adams. The of Tolkien. Yeah, that would, yeah. that would really break my heart. That's definitely been a big reason why I've gone into Lord of the Rings is because I was, like, a big Harry Potter person. And then I'm, like, oh, mm -hmm. I gotta shut that off. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I think Lord of the Rings is also nice because it's like, I also love the movies so much. And it's like, it's not just predicated on one person. Like, like it is all of these people coming together to like make this world come, come true, which I think is really fun. Yeah. I love, I love um, the like behind the scene appendices almost as much as I love the films themselves. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. There's such a huge oh um, like unseen background of, of, countless hours and so much effort and knowledge and, and thought that went into like making every scrap of it like I am very much the person when we're recording and we're talking about like we talk about you know cool props and stuff and I'm like well let me tell you what I learned from the behind the scenes DVDs about the, <laughs> the, about uh, the, the seamstress who made that like yeah it's just fascinating I know I remember I wanted to do that job so badly when I was a kid and then I feel like I got a little older and I was like oh that's like a once in a lifetime project like there's no yeah. one's making anything like that's not a normal way to make movies like that was just this very special like I think that 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 is what's so wonderful about it is that it is this like act of incredible love that so many people put into it and like the movies especially and so that's like it makes it feel I don't know it makes it makes me feel like I'm like even if Tolkien like I did not do not agree with him on everything and like even if I learned some things about him that I, I would would really piss me off like there's still this like entire world that I really care about that's been contributed to by so many people um mm -hmm. yeah I love I didn't realize that the movies were written by women until um this yeah year. yeah like of course they're so the feelings are so like yeah I don't know well, it's just it, incredible 
it's very interesting from like the craft perspective. Like I, I am not a writer. And so it is really interesting to hear them talk like the nitty gritty of, yeah. of adaptation. Uh, and yeah. also a thing that I love is, is how frequently they um, steal from inside the book. Like we yeah. don't have time to go do this thing, but we want to preserve this moment or this motif. Yeah. And so they like transplant in a way that I think is really like meaningful. Realizing how many lines are pulled sometimes from different characters in the book and often yeah. from different times. The one that cracked me up the most was um, Gandalf's like iconic line of like he's in the movies he's in Moria with Frodo and he's like he's like like all we have to do is like do the best we can with the time we have given and Frodo's like yeah man like so you're so right. <laughs> um, and in the book Gandalf says that really early. Gandalf says that like the night he tells him you have the ring of power and it's going to destroy everything and like he's like Gandalf says the same line. He's like he's like well it's a little bit of comfort that like like all you can do is what you have and Frodo's like that's not comforting. Like I disagree <laughs> and I just yeah. I just love it. I love that Frodo's like <laughs> he's so sassy in the book and he's so like at every turn he is like I do not I do not like this. I am not having a good I time. I totally forgotten that in the books, yeah. Frodo is like a 50-year-old. I know. Yeah. Well. That he's not like little baby 18-year-old Elijah I Wood. know. I've been going, well, and it's, but it's like he's had, he had the ring. Okay. I've been like. Yeah. Been, the timeline been, is really interesting <laughs> in the book too. I know. I've been working on a fic. Another fic, because mine's getting very sad. So I'm working on one that's like childhood Hobbit uh -huh. times. And I was oh. like breaking down everyone by ages and then trying to figure out because hobbits have aged differently than yes. humans um and it's like funny Frodo's actually way older than Sam and Merry and Pippin so I'm like it's a little bit problematic um but it's like but it's like Frodo got the ring he, he, like at that party the 30th birth, 33rd birthday party that's like his 18th birthday yeah. party in hobbit mm -hmm. years and he gets the ring and then he doesn't age because he has the ring so he is still kind of yeah <laughs> Yeah, 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 but yeah, it's he been, hangs onto that ring for like way longer for like seventeen years, yes, I think, before Gandalf like comes back yeah. and is yeah, like, "Yo, he is you need 15. to go." And then he waits like six. At which months. point, he stays for like another <laughs> six months. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I love the part when like he he is just like I just, I just love Frodo so much. He's just the only Hobbit who has anxiety. You know, like he's the only. <laughs> he really is. Like the Hobbit's whole thing. Like no one, none of them understands him. And he's just like, I gotta go on this quest. I gotta do it alone, but I'm so sad about it. And he's like, spends a whole year like staring at it landscapes and being like, when and shall I see this again? And like yeah. monologuing about it. To <laughs> and then his friends are like, we know that yeah. you're leaving. And he's like, how did you know? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> he's so... He's so the mortification of being known. I know. God. I know. It's, he has a lot yeah. more. Elijah Wood is wonderful and his portrayal is perfect in the movie, but he, Frodo in the book has a lot more personality. He's just a little bit sassy in this way that's really fun. Um, and yeah. just a little bit stupid in a way that it's yeah. fun too. Yeah. <laughs> movie, movie Frodo is like 90% like very large eyes. Yeah. I mean, and they're the, the largest eyes in Hollywood. Like they're very good acting. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I made a I made a I'm just like fully in yeah. it so I made like a playlist for my fic to listen to while I write and oh, wrote a photo yeah. I was just like Gotta. it's just all Taylor Swift songs like it's just oh like gosh. high drama like like never moved past being 18 years old and like having an unrequited crush like that level of drama at all times yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> wow um is there anything else you want to I don't I, I think I got a, I think I got a lot out. <laughs> I think I got a lot of my feelings out. I'm trying to think yeah. if I have any more horse related feelings, but I, I think that that was all of them. I like had a, I was yeah. like thinking about Bill and I was like, Sam, he's the healer. This is what I'm gonna say. So I like I got my book report yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, Bill is definitely absolutely. Bill is definitely one of the good ones. Do yeah. you have any like so one of our things is we like go through and name all of these like nameless horses who are on the screen for like four frames. <laughs> Do you have any like names floating around that you want to toss out for us to name horses after? Oh man. Um okay, yeah, maybe you can name a future maybe you horse. could name some after my kitty cats. <laughs> yeah that's great one one horse fig especially if it's like mm -hmm. a beautiful elegant but shy horse and then oh, you could yeah. name one horse toast if there's like a a sort of bratty loud horse <laughs> oh yeah. i'm sure i'm sure we, okay so fig yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fig, fig and toast. elegant yeah but toast bratty and loud mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, Got especially it. I feel like there's a horse that throws Gimli at one point. That would be a, a real toast move. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, anything like that. <laughs> Great. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you I'm, so I'm much for um, talking to us about horses. Um, yeah. And about Lord of the Rings. We have been deep in our Lord of the Rings feelings over these last couple months, so it is nice to have yeah. that like pressure valve release. <laughs> I agree so much. This was really uh, cathartic for me. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, so many yeah. feelings. I know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just. It's unending. Let's, we just have to be like Samwise and like lean into our feelings, maybe write some poetry about it, and like just <laughs> hope that we have someone who loves us enough to like chuckle at the poetry and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you. Yeah. You write poetry about your feelings. That's lovely. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Yeah. Really if fun. you ever, if you, uh, you know, three months down the road decide like, you know what, actually, here's this, here's more. Hit okay. us up. Okay. I think we'll still be, we'll still be working our way through. Did, yeah. Does Bill come back Um, in the book? I think that there is a line at the end that says like he made it home safely but i don't oh, God. know because i'm not there okay. yet but i, I like know. i looked it up online and the <clears throat> you know wiki one wiki to rule them all or whatever <laughs> my my algorithms about... have been totally ruined by this by this project like all of yeah. my instagram yeah. now is like would you like to buy like a personalized <laughs> diadem and i'm like yes but it's a yeah. to say it yeah i know my um, youtube my youtube is all it's like it's like soothing yoga and then the shire soundtrack for eight hours <laughs> i'm like this is all i need yeah. yeah we did actually we did just see in two towers there's there's a bill you see bill again really briefly in a flashback to Rivendell, oh yeah, yeah and yeah, we yeah. were like yeah. Bill! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah well gandalf good, makes good him a magic pony like he puts a spell on him yes oh and keep he him safe like, it's I love that moment. Cool. It's I so it's so beautiful. Do you think sweet. he actually did, or was he just doing like a kind little white lie for Sam? God <laughs> damn it! Why would you say that? That's, I can't say that's, that. That's, that's how I, I that's how I read it. Is I was like, this is this is Gandalf. This is like your your dog is going to the farm. Like no. it's a it's a kindness. <laughs> My God! No. no, 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 no. Okay, I think, okay, look, okay. This is. I mean, it's. It's weird it's in the very Gandalf, world though. because, like, there's sort of real magic. But you know how the elves are like when someone asks them about doing magic or if the cloaks are magic? They're like, <laughs> they're I like mean, host? no, they're yeah. just like elf yeah. cloaks. But if you mean like, that, everything like, is magic. they'll, yeah. I don't know, keep you hidden, then yeah. And I feel like, I mean, Gandalf, like, had true intention and therefore it was magic. But in sort of the, the, it's just the magic of... I don't know. Karen. The real magic was the friendships we made along yes. the way. Yeah, Bill is I, kept safe is... by love. love Bill absolutely him. got eaten by wolves. No, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's so in character for Gandalf oh, to God. just be like, "Yes, Sam, I've taken care of it." He has a bubble around him now. Uh, yeah, I teleported him back. I like, teleported the, him, Sam. In the animated movie uh, from the 70s, the terrifying one, Bill gets et by the Watcher in the Water. <laughs> he does. But in, <laughs> really? in in the like Lord of the Rings online MMO that my friend Nicole has played and reported back on, mm -hmm. there's like a side quest you can do to help Bill get back to Rivendell safely. And Bill like oh kicks God. wolves to to get through. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah. No, I'm. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think you are correct, and it's just canon for me that Gandalf lied to Sam because that <laughs> pleases me so much. Like, I just, I just don't think that Gandalf would like. <laughs> we, I can't believe we didn't talk about this. We were just like, yeah, that's a sweet moment, and in my head, I was totally so like, funny. Lied. Yeah, it's no, so funny. I took it seriously, but I am the more <laughs> earnest one no, of me us. Too. <laughs> We're the we're the Sams of the group, and you, Frodo probably fucking knew. And Sam, like oh, they're like laying in Mordor, like they're like, oh my god, we're gonna die. And Sam's like, well, at least Bill the Pony made it home. And Frodo's oh like, my god. yeah, Sam, <laughs> he totally did. <laughs> he definitely yeah, did, Sam. Yeah. Keep yeah, whatever you need to keep going. But he actually did, though. Brutal. Regardless of what Gandalf did, Bill did make it home. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll yeah. wait till we get there in the books and we will uh, re reconvene <laughs> and discuss. <laughs> uh.
Oh, I, I hope he did. I love yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's delightful. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> One little stinger on the way out. I love it. <laughs> we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't get sad yeah. enough, so let's like, mm-hmm. you know, turn the knife a little. I love, I love, I love the little spicy Lord of the Rings content, mm-hmm. so make me sad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, th- thanks again. This was really delightful. Yeah, thank you. It was really lovely to, to meet both yeah. of you and chit chat about horses. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. The music you heard at the beginning was Horse by Horse, arranged and performed by us, Caitlin and Joey. You can listen to it again at soundcloud.com slash shadowfaxpod. The cover art was made by Annie Johnston Glick at Dancy Nuru on Twitter. I'm Caitlin. My pronouns are she, they, and you can follow me on Twitter at Chalo and Behold. You can follow the show at ShadowFactsPod and email your horse-related LOTR questions to ShadowFactsPod at gmail.com. Again, that is ShadowFacts, F-A-C-T-S. Joining me on this journey there and back again is Joey. My pronouns are they, them, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoeyThePrince. If you want to read and watch along, check the episode description for the segment we'll cover next time. This has been Shadow Facts. One horse to rule them all! Ha 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 ha!